Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and movies and TV shows and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are going to get back in the user, damn it, listener request train. The party train of listener requests. I almost think it's on purpose at this point. I really, I don't know why I keep saying user <laughs> request. User request. I don't know. Listener request. Sean was a Sean worked in IT in his past life. I, I. What's funny is I've actually, I've, I've had more experience in broadcasting than I have in IT. So I, I would think like next up on the top twenty countdown of listener requests, we oh. had like I don't it know should why. be second hand. Yeah. Well, this week's user request <laughs> <laughs> comes to us from Facebook, and uh, it is Dennis the Menace. Thank you, Jason Cromer. Now when we say Dennis the Menace, we're talking the animated series from, from the 1980s. Yeah, because there have been many iterations of Dennis the Menace. Yes. Comics, uh, live action, both TV back in the 50s as well as a live action movie in the 80s slash 90s. And this. So, this is an animated show that was produced by Deke Entertainment and Crawley's Animation. And it has two seasons with a total of 78 episodes that are 22 minutes long. The episodes, by the way, are broken up into three-parters, so 234 segments total. It was originally broadcast from September 22nd, 1986 to March 22nd, 1988, and the show was actually sponsored by General Mills. Yeah, back, back that didn't happen a ton in uh, in shows in the 80s. It was no. more It was more shows from like the 50s and 60s. Where... I absolutely remember the serial, though. Yeah. Oh, it was a sort of Captain Crunch ripoff, which is most most animated series. Uh, yeah, it's either breakfast cereals were. It's, it's either something with marshmallows or it's something that's like a tricks ripoff, like, yeah. like fruity flavored, uh, yeah, fruity, fruity flavored pieces. So if you're not familiar with Dennis the Menace, Dennis the Menace is uh, originally a comic strip. He was a young, mischievous blonde boy with a cowlick. And he gets into trouble and scrapes and adventures with his dog Ruff, his friends Joey, Margaret, Gina, Tommy, PB, and Jay. That was from the cartoon. Hardy, from, har, har. Yeah. yeah from the, uh, that was from the cartoon. Um, he had some other friends in the, uh, the comics. And he had different, a different best friend in the TV show. A uh, best friend named Tommy who I guess made some appearances in the in the cartoon but was yeah. really just sort of replaced with Joey yeah. as a best Although friend. Although Joey is in the in the 1950s TV show too cuz I watched several episodes of that as yeah. part of this. But it was it was uh, it was Tommy who was his best friend that gets replaced. So with that said, what do you remember about this? I you know, I do remember this show. Uh it took me rewatching it to sort of jog those memories, but nothing super distinct about it i it's, it's another one of those it was a feeling not a thing yeah and maybe it's because the episodes were so short i mean like you said they're 22 minutes long but when you divide 22 minutes into into three they're like segments, seven minutes they're, yeah they're seven to eight minutes long when you have commercials inside of it too to make your 30 minute show it's seven to eight maybe nine minutes an episode and 
the the ones that I remember are more once I started hearing it because voice actors kick in for me like that's yeah. how I remember shows I remember the voices of the characters for me it's always the music that kicks in yeah and the music's uh, pretty it's pretty much well well we'll get there yeah but, but so the, the voice actors are what kicked in and I, I didn't realize and we can talk about this in a little bit that the same voice actors voice a lot of characters in the show like, like almost all of them yeah are you've got like played by like four people yeah the, the entirety of the cast is played by a handful of people and they're yeah. and like incidental characters are played by the same by the main same characters main too. characters mm-hmm. so like yeah main there's there's some there's a couple of main characters that have the same voice actor they're just in a different sort of tone so once i started once i started hearing it like things came back but like you said it's more of a feeling than than anything it wasn't a show that i was particularly into it was one of those ones that i watched because it was on and i didn't like make time to uh i didn't make time to to sit down and watch it. One thing I do remember is I remember them being, I remember the characters being older than they actually are. I know the characters of Dennis and his friends are all around like kindergarten. Like that's how old they're supposed to be, like five mm-hmm. or so years old. Yeah. But I remembered them. I seem to felt remember, like they were like 10 or 11. Yeah. I remembered them yeah. being like 10 or 11, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just like an animation choice. It could have also been at the time that maybe you saw it because as I mentioned in the beginning, the show came out originally in 1986, so we would have been like three, mm-hmm. right? But then it was rebroadcast in 92. Yeah. Which means we would have been about nine years old, so maybe it was we sort of self-identified. Yeah, and they seemed older. They seemed older than your typical five-year-olds. Like, yeah, yeah. they got into mischief, and it was more like childhood, childish mischief. Yeah. But just the way that they acted, aside from Joey... We'll talk about Joey later, but aside, derp, derp. yeah, but aside from Joey, the rest of them seemed and acted a lot older than they actually were. Yeah. Now, if you don't know who Dennis Menace is, Sean sort of described them, and he was created by famed comic strip artist Hank Ketchum, father of Ash Ketchum. <laughs> Pokemon. No. no uh, he wrote the comic strip from fifty-one to ninety-four, and he was a animator that started off his career actually on Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi, and a bunch of Donald Duck shorts. Mm-hmm. And then he was in the Navy during World War II, and part of what he did while he was there was create war propaganda films for for the U.S. military. And one of them, I think, was produced by Warner Brothers, and it was a character named Mister Hook. He was a u.s uh, navy serviceman and it was mostly used to it was it was used to sort of encourage people to like save pantyhose and conserve tin and aluminum and purchase start, start a victory garden and purchase war bonds and yeah. all of this you know sort of stuff and you can find them on youtube i put a link to one of them and it's the first one that pops up when you google mr hook and it is easily the most racist like by far it's a really sort of perfect example of how edgelordy and racist cartoons used to be mm-hmm. you know we think of things being sort of controversial today but by no means do they hold a candle to back then i mean we're talking giant buck teeth like depictions of asian characters and just i mean it's slanty i mean it's so bad, like really bad. That's just, yeah, that's just the way that the propaganda films were. I know, but but what I'm saying is like, it's it's crazy to think about. Now, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, some people do, but Dennis is actually based on the, the artist, Hank Ketchum's son, who at the time was four years old. 
and his name is Dennis. And his first wife came busting into the room saying, your son is a menace. When he was supposed to have been taking a nap, he like tore through his room like a tornado. That's just like... Uh, and it sort of stuck, so... That's just like uh, uh, the character of uh, Christopher Robin was actually uh, A.A. Milne's son was named Christopher Robin, and he wrote stories based on his son's animals like his stuffed animals that he would play with right. like so a lot of a lot of art or a lot of writers of sort of children draw from their real life yeah i mean uh, which i think is not uncommon yeah tolkien did that right for the hobbit he sort of wrote it as a as a story for his kids yeah he did yeah well the thing about this though is it talks about this mischievous kid and in the comics dennis is actually punished rather severely oh yeah he gets when he, he gets spanked and, and, and beaten, beaten and put in quarters all the time for hours at a time because of his poor behavior mm-hmm. and his first wife ended up uh dying of a drug overdose when she was like 41 or something and then after she died the artist Hank Ketchum took his son to Switzerland and raised his son there in Geneva for and was there for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And him and his son, Dennis, had a really sort of difficult sort of relationship. They were strained. To say it best, yeah. actually. And, and Dennis Ketchum ended up being a Vietnam veteran with post-traumatic stress and, you know, sort of lived off and on the streets. And when, when the... When the creator, Hank Ketchum, died, well, shortly before his death, uh, he had said that I think the only times that he really saw his son was when his son needed money. And and he said that that's just a chapter that was a short one that was closed. Unfortunately, it happens with families sometimes. Yeah. You know, he, like, didn't even know where his son was. It's sort of a strange. It's really sort of sad. And I remember reading somewhere that that's that it's partially attributed to the sort of negative portrayal of him in this sort of famed comic strip. Yeah, and, you know? and one of the differences that I noticed from the... Because I look, went back and looked at some of the old comics and then compared it to the to the show that we watched. And uh, one of the things that I noticed the difference was, was, yeah, like the stuff that he did in the comics was maybe more... I don't want to say malicious, but it was more like... Devious. Yeah, devious. And the things that, that Dennis did in the show... It's almost more like, more like stupidly happenstance. Yeah, it, it's more stuff that he does because he's excited or he wants to go see something. It's just... You're, you're right. It's more happenstance that bad things happen because he's just really enthusiastic about what he's doing. And he trips or, over something so it destroys a something. Yeah, it's it's more it's more like childlike naivete or, or something else that causes bad situations rather than his direct actions you know you imagine him like rubbing his hands to, together going like <laughs> you know he's not doing something like that it's just he's maybe more careless than he should be or he's you know doesn't think about consequences to things that he does or he's just thoughtless when it comes to certain things yeah it, it's it's definitely a big departure less, one from the other yeah less malicious more more just I don't know. We were actually kind of... It's tough. almost like trying to be helpful. Yeah. He's so in, 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 meaning, in the 1950s... Well-meaning. Well-meaning, but ultimately bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like well-meaning, but flawed. In in the black and white 1950s TV show, that's the way he is, too. It's sort of... He means well. But just bad things happen. Bad things happen because he thinks he can help and he can't. Yeah. You know? Imagine, imagine like a kid... 
you know, imagine coming home and saying that you're really tired and you don't feel good. And so your kid, trying to help, decides that he's going to cook you dinner. And in cooking you dinner, he completely makes a mess of the kitchen and then maybe spills a pot of boiling water on the floor and then has created a bigger mess for you than if you, you know, bigger headache for you than if you would have just made dinner. You know, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that happens. It, 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 well, and we'll get into more of that, like, as we go along here. Yeah. There were 65 writers total well, with, so i'm not going to name them with 200 plus episodes that that makes sense yeah that's but you true. know what i noticed and I, I don't i don't know the answer to this is as you're watching uh episodes obviously i would think that 65 writers were not involved in every single episode okay I well might, yes i no. might be wrong so here's here's where we're gonna get into that a little bit i'd say a good 50 or so of the writers were involved in the first season Okay. The first season, the first 65 episodes of the first se- But the next season, the next 13 episodes in season two, added a bunch of other writers. And most of those writers for episodes one through 65 were not involved with the second season. And we'll get into that, too, because I think that explains a lot. Actually. Well, the reason that I bring it up is because when you're watching the credits of this, of this show, they show... A lot of writers. And I didn't count, but I could easily see it being 65 writers that they show in the credits because they literally flash three credit cards of of writers. And full it's of names. Full names. You know, imagine like today when you go to see a movie and they get to the visual artist section. It's like that. You know, it's just Several like... Several title cards of that. Yeah, so so you have, you have that many... That's why I was confused is, are they just showing all of the writers for the entire series? Or are they showing all the writers that were involved in the three episodes that 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 we watched in each, you know, the three shorts that we watched in each episode? So that's what I don't know. And that's why I don't know what they had to do with what. Yeah, I don't know. But I did just want to mention that one of those writers is the Emmy and Gemini Award winning uh, writer Todd Thicke, who produced, executive produced, and wrote the original America's Funny Home video. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I'll get into why I wanted to mention him in particular in a few minutes, because there's more to talk about yeah. with him, actually. The the show today was actually produced by Deke Entertainment and Atkinson Film Artists. The the latter helped produce the first two Care Bears TV specials, The Raccoons, Teddy Ruxpin, the animated one, and uh, Cops. And, Cops. And Deke, I think we've also mentioned Deke a few times before because... They did the Ghostbusters and Inspector show. Gadget and Speed Racer X and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're, they're huge. Yeah. Now, did you see the uh, the director that, that I put in here? Michael Malani. Maliani. Yeah, because there's some stuff in here that, that he's also done that I, I really want to cover. I'm just throwing it out there now in case anybody wants to request any of the, the following projects. So he was the exe- Not all of them, but, but some He was the executive producer of Sabrina the Animated Series and Speed Racer X. Mummy's Alive. I want that one. Street Sharks. Definitely. I've You and I have talked about that yeah. one. Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? That may be coming. Uh, yeah. The New Adventures of Madeline. Swamp Thing. Captain N, the Game Master, which I've actually gone back and watched a couple episodes, and it is terrible. Don't uh, ruin my childhood. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz animated series, Dino Saucers. Bum, 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 bum. And he was the supervising director for Stunt Dogs, which I don't know if you remember either, but... No, and he was also the director of Mask. M-m-m-mask. Now, 
As I sing, theme music is Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, and we have talked about them a lot, especially last year when we did Power Rangers, but... You know what? You know what? You created a, a massive supercut, I oh, remember. I posted it, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe we can put it in here. Yeah, see, that's why you guys get to enjoy Sean's you know, Sean's the, labor of love. He just did that for fun, by the way. The um, the uh, I've had a song, I've had a theme song stuck in my head for probably the last three or four days. Oh God, what and is it? I don't know why, because it's not a show we've watched. I've had the theme song to Heathcliff stuck in my head. Oh yeah, and I don't know why Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should. Terrorize a yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why it's in my head. Because uh, we're adult children, Sean. That's why. Yay. That's why. Uh, so, yeah, the theme music was done by Haim Saban and Shuki Levy. Now, the cast, the first character is Dennis, who we sort of quickly mentioned. He is the oldest son of famed actor Alan Thicke, and therefore the oldest brother of uh, recording artist Robin Thicke. He's done by Brennan Thicke. Yes. And Brennan Thicke is the nephew of the writer Todd Thick that we just mentioned a second ago. That's why so this, I was, this, this was a family affair. This is a thick family reunion. It is a thick family reunion. Thick with three thick. C's. Thick. Now, Brennan has really not much not done much else in the entertainment industry. He did this and then he was Scott Tracker from Mask, who's a main character there. But he now actually owns and runs a marijuana dispensary in Venice. California, Venice Beach, and he is the CFO for his wife's massive bridal uh, dress empire. <laughs> that It's called Dolly Couture. And uh, yeah, so he well, has a sort of totally different life now. Well, at least he's not like one of those you know child actors that just, I mean, he does. Fizzles and does nothing. He no. is involved with drugs, but he's selling them legally. <laughs> right, in a state that where it's legal. Yeah. yeah. So then you have Henry or Hank Mitchell, uh, who's the father of Dennis and, and Alice's he's husband. Voiced by two of our favorites. So in the first season, he's voiced by Phil Hartman, and in season two, he's voiced by Maurice LaMarche, oh, who Hartman. I we we watched one episode of season two shorts, and Maurice LaMarche does a pretty good Phil Hartman impersonation. He does. It's it's weird, but he does a pretty good uh, impersonation. And I, I found out just through doing some some research that. Uh, that Hank Mitchell, Henry Mitchell, is uh, he is an aerospace engineer. That's what his job is. Who's Henry Mitchell? The oh, dad. really? He that's that's what his job. He's an aerospace engineer, and he is the sole breadwinner of the Mitchell household. And his wife, Alice Mitchell, is a stay-at-home mom, and she is usually voiced by Marilyn Lightstone. Uh, she was on Anne of An 
Anne of Avonlea, and she was on Pound Puppies. But on certain occasions, Alice was voiced by Louise Valance, who was, was it Kangaroo from Zoobly Zoo? <laughs> and she was from, Re- she was in Reboot and Donkey Kong Country, the animated series, Dino Saucers, and several Care Bears projects. Yeah. The next character is George Wilson, who is the also Phil Hartman and Maurice LaMarche. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, if you remember the Mr. Wilson. It's uh, it's the Mitchell's next door neighbor. He is apparently a retired postal carrier, and he's described as being in middle age. But in the cartoon, he's shown to be older. He looks like he's in his sixties. Yeah, I'd so. say like 50s late fifties. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's considered late 50s, middle age. Sixties. Yeah. But uh, but he is Dennis considers him his best adult friend. And George Wilson wants nothing to do with him. He wishes he would just go away. At yeah, all and times. and you really get the you really get the Dennis like the menace of Dennis the menace when he interacts with Mister Wilson. All well meaning stuff, but he but Mister Wilson usually ends up. On seriously injured or with his house destroyed, his house or his garden or something destroyed due to Dennis's well-meaning antics. Like he's trying to help him in one episode. He's trying to help him like do his yard work. So he and his friends come over and they just destroy his yard because they don't know what they're doing, but they're, you know, watering and weeding. Oh, don't worry. We'll help. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So he gets, he gets the, the, the brunt of the bad stuff that happens. And his wife, Martha Wilson, is played by the same voice actors as Alice Mitchell. So it's Marilyn Lightstone and Louise Valance. And she she likes Dennis. She loves Dennis. And she gets on to George when he wants Dennis to go away. And that's because she views Dennis as sort of a surrogate grandkid. Because I don't know if they ever go into this in any of the other stuff, but... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wilson don't seem to have kids. No. And so they have no grandkids. So Mrs. Wilson is like, oh. Living vicariously through the neighbor's kid. Yeah, the neighbor's kid who comes over to her house all the time. And she tends to spoil him with cookies and pies and treats and stuff, which he gladly takes. Dennis does. Right. Now now you get the rest of Dennis's friends. The posse. The posse. So Joey McDonald is Dennis's best friend. It's voiced by Jeannie Elias. Who is in stuff like James Bond Jr., Jumanji the Animated Series, Garfield and Friends, Jackie Chan Adventures, Heathcliff. Maybe that's why, because you saw the notes. Maybe. Uh, My Little Ponies, Pound Puppies, I Am Weasel, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. She was Princess Toadstool, Birdo, and Shy Guy. And she's actually Beth from the Oblongs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have a few things to say about Joey, since we're talking about him. And I texted Chris this. And I feel like Joey, and and I actually have an answer to this because I, I looked it up some more before before you came over. So Joey is is Dennis's best friend, and Joey is noticeably different than the other kids in the neighborhood. And by different, you mean touched? I, yeah, he is he is touched a little bit. He is he seems like he is developmentally slower than the rest of the kids. Yeah, he's naive. Yeah. He is careless. He doesn't realize things like we watched an episode where they're in a safari park and he doesn't realize that you shouldn't be doing certain things like picking up a tiger cub or or like a crocodile is trying to chomp him and Dennis saves him. And in the 1950s live action show, he like doesn't talk and he just sort of like dumbly smiles and does whatever Dennis tells him to. So in the in the reading that I did. Dennis and his friends are all supposed to be five. Dennis is described as being five and a half. 
And they describe Joey as being a year younger than him. Everyone else is the same age, but Joey is supposed to so be a year like younger. He's supposed year, to be four. The younger kid that they sort of boss around. Yeah, he's supposed to be four. And I've even seen some things that say that he's as young as three. So it might not be that he is that he is touched, that he is developmentally uh, slower than the rest of them. It might just be that he is like a three-year-old that's animated to be the same size as, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's It's... The antics that he gets into and the way that he acts, he's timid, he's scared. Imagine like Piglet. Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. A lot of the times, Joey sort of tends to be... He is almost... He almost takes on the role of Dennis as the menace. And then Dennis actually, in in some of these cases, becomes Mr. Wilson. Yeah, he's the catalyst for a lot of the problems that the kids run into themselves. Yes, yes. So, it's just an interesting character. And and like... like, uh, the I other, think we mentioned earlier that that yeah. he replaced a character that was in the comics and in the TV show, the, the live-action one from the 50s, named Tommy Anderson. Who is also in here as Dennis's best friend and voiced by uh, Gene yeah. Elias. Now, the next character is Margaret Wade, who is Dennis's friend-slash-nemesis-slash-love interest, also voiced by the same person? Well, she she is interested in That's Dennis. That's what I mean. She's interested She's in She's interested Dennis, in yeah. Dennis, and I've actually seen that she is supposed to be two years older than all of them. So she's like seven, and the rest of them are five. Crushing on a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah, so she is. she has these plans of Dennis, she and Dennis getting married when they're older and being a family, and she's sort of like a... She is a very prim and proper girl who likes to boss them around. Think like Lucy from Charlie Brown. Like, likes to boss them around, likes to be in charge. And Dennis just doesn't like being around her because she's very bossy. And and I think I read somewhere that, she, that he doesn't like how she pretends to be someone else. Instead of just being herself, she, like puts, she puts on airs yeah. that she's better than most people. Yeah, she's sort of irritating. Yeah, There's another is. female character named Gina Galati, who is Dennis's other friend, and she's nicer, more friendly. She has a sort of a raspier voice, and she's only uh, vaguely in a, a little bit of uh, the shows that we watched. And the there's some of his other friends that I don't really think we should mention because he's not covered in the stuff that we watched. Yeah, they but are I, P, I, PB Kappa and Jay Weldon, and then the. The dog is actually uh, voiced by Phil Hartman and Marisa March in this too. Yeah, I will say though that I rem- I remember PB. I remember PB Kappa because he's the nerdy friend who's like the genius, and he's in one episode of like one segment of one episode that we Very watched briefly. But I, yeah. I do remember his character, and he's supposed to be like like a it's like a nerdy Asian. But going back to Gina, Gina actually in the comics. And I think they they imply it later, or they imply it at some point in the in the show that Gina is actually Dennis's love interest. Gina is, or Dennis is interested in Gina, and Gina sort of returns the affection. Oh, okay. But he likes her more than Margaret because Gina is Gina nice is town. <laughs> well, it's, Gina is like her own person. Like she acts like herself. She doesn't pretend to be someone else. And I I was reading uh, there was a there was a comic episode. Or there was a comic episode. There was a comic uh, strip where where he Dennis is talking to his dad because his dad in the comics he gets along better with his dad. Not that he doesn't get along in the TV show, but he gets along better with his dad, and his dad sort of relates to him a lot more. And he's sitting with his dad, and he 
either sees Gina walk by or he there or he's thinking about her and he goes he says something to the effect of like man Gina makes me feel in a way that makes me confused and his dad's like don't worry just wait like you'll you'll get that feeling you'll later. figure it out you'll figure out that feeling later yeah so like like Dennis knows that he feels like a, a way about Gina but he doesn't Ways know, about stuff but he's he's five so he doesn't know you know it's like I don't know if you were this way, but I remember the first crush I had on a girl when I was like 10 and I didn't know what to do with that feeling. So all I did was like try to stand next to her in line, you know, like, like at a, at a, at a pre, at a pre like adolescent age, you might not know what to do with those feelings, or at least I didn't know what to do. I know kids nowadays have the internet and they can view porn at 11 and on their phones and whatnot. So, so maybe they know what to do when they like a girl. But at the time I had no idea when you like a girl, it's like, what do you do? That's when you like ask your parents, you ask your dad, like, like I like a girl at school. What should I do? Like, and they're just like, you're 10, nothing. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) be, be nice to her. Oh, maybe invite her to a dance or maybe go see a movie with her. But like you, yeah, I remember I remember kids in grade school, like, you know, 6th, 7th grade, like, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend. And I remember For like think- a week and you hold hands and go to the water fountain together? Yeah, and yeah. I remember thinking how stupid that was. I was like, you have a girlfriend? Like, what do you guys do? Do your parents drive you to the movies? Yeah, well, some of us did, and then we ditched the movies to go make out on your bridge. But Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I was one of those kids. I never thought girls were yucky. I, I like. I, never I, thought... I had I had, a, I had a crush on a girl as young as like four or five years old. I thought girls were cute and. I never yeah. thought they were yucky. I just didn't know what to do with them. You like like that's well, the... I was a big spaz, so nobody knew what to do with me. That was well, sort of that's half the, the thing. Problem. That's the sort of thing that like like this show is like a time capsule of of things that I don't think could happen anymore because. Like these kids spend most of their time outside. They spend most of their time unsupervised, like going around doing stuff. And if these are supposed to be like five year olds, five, six, seven year olds, yeah. that's why I would, that's why I think I thought they were older. Because if these kids were all five, you it's would... like at one point Dennis goes to the movie with, with four year old Joey and their dog. Yeah. They go to the movies like downtown. They walk downtown to go they, see Yeah, they a movie. ride their skateboards. Yeah. And, and that's then, the other thing. Four, like... four or five year old on skateboard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the coordination was a little off, but skateboards were cool. They had to like yeah. work them in somehow. Yeah, I, I I do think it is a little bit of a time capsule. But I always sort of related to Dennis because I was a towhead blonde little shit who who meant well, but sometimes was irritating and annoying and had a know, cowlick. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I I definitely related to Dennis as a kid. And I was like, oh yeah, see that's me. It's okay. Like he means well, and he's got friends though, and. Yeah, so it was. It, yeah, it, it is sort of weird, but I don't think like, like today the idea of Dennis going off on his own, like, parent, like the the show wouldn't even get made going because off the like writers a... wouldn't even allow it. They wouldn't even allow Dennis to be unsupervised. Yeah, one of the episodes we watched, he'd was... be on a freaking leash. Yeah, one now. Of... <laughs> he'd be on a leash and probably dosed with Ritalin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the episodes we watched, actually, the first episode we watched was one well where, let's get into what yeah. we covered so we we picked four episodes this week we took the three highest rated and then the bottom rated episode so in and each episode consists of three segments, segments. three uh three episodes so, so the first episode is season one episode five which has all the president's menace the love rowboat and wilson the menace yeah so this is what i was saying like the, the some of the situations that dennis finds himself in are just so ridiculous like he he uh and he never seems to realize the gravity of the situation he's in. Like in this in this first episode, the All the President's Menace, he 
winds up they're they're at mount rushmore he's at mount rushmore with his family and his dog runs off chasing a squirrel and he chases after the dog and he winds up on top of a box that's being loaded by via helicopter up to the top of mount rushmore and he's on the crate that, that's just on like imagine a, a crate sitting on a pallet and the the being corners, suspended yeah, by cables the four the four corners of the crate of the pallet are being suspended onto a on yeah and he's just like wow i didn't know that this theme park had rides and he's just swinging on the thing one and, point he's like hanging from washington's nose almost falling off and then he ends up crawling inside washington's ear and meeting this like crazy ass prospector. prospector who claims that he created the grand canyon while trying to create a a white uh, a white house uh monument and and at the end he goes flying off on a tent through the air back to the observation deck on the other side of the, the dennis valley does. dennis does and the old prospector uses some dynamite and blows dennis's face into the rock face I- like <laughs> Like, you just defaced a national monument, and it's sort of like, Janice! Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. Uh, one of the, it's sort of like a throwaway line that, that Dennis had. It's like a uh, dialogue between Dennis and the prospector, where he goes, they're talking about, he's talking about friends, and Dennis says something along the lines of like, Mr. Wilson is my friend. He's like, you're friends with President, or Wilson is still president? And he's like, no, he's my neighbor. And I just thought that was funny. It's like, <laughs> like Wilson was president in like the 1900s. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Woodrow Wilson is still, <laughs> or 19, yeah, it was, he was president during World War One, So that was, you know, 19 teens. So, yeah. I well, just, and then, and then the next episode, a part of this episode is Love Rowboat, where Dennis and Margaret's family both go on vacation to the same place, and, and Margaret is in love with Dennis and wants him to go on a romantic robo trip. She sexually accosts him. Yes, and this leads to them essentially on this sort of adventure where they encounter a monster in a lake, pirates bearing buried treasure, a madcap chase from the pirates, a bunch of Neanderthals in a cave, a dinosaur that they crawl up its tail, a volcano erupting, giant pride of lions yeah uh, like just crazy stuff now i will say that there there's some good lines like good zingers in this show and there's one where they are in they end up trying to run from everything and they go into this cave i can't see a thing in here not even you i can't see you either that's the best part about being in here (laughs) and so like the show has these lines that are actually really funny that are are sort of almost feel out of place because he's supposed to be this sort of like menace, like this hapless menace. Yeah, you know, no, and, he's he's funny. And and then the the next one is Wilson the menace, which is where they decide that they want to hypnotize Mr. Wilson into being like more, a kid again, a kid again, so he can be like friends with them. And he decides because he finds out uh, Dennis's mom calls him and says, Hey, like this was up. And so he's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to screw with him. So he pretends to be a four and a half year old self named Georgie who like wreaks havoc on them, shoots him with his like hose and runs him down with a lawnmower and, and all the stuff, and they're just like, we learned our lesson. We'll never try to hypnotize Mr. Wilson again. Yeah. And and really, like, all of these episodes, for the most part, the first the first three. So the first three that we watched, the highest rated, they're actually episodes three, four, and five from season one. Yeah. So all of them really are are sort of the same kind of setup for a lot of it. It's either, it's either Dennis doing something to Mr. Wilson, or, like... Just some weird something happening, and Dennis and the crew 
are investigating. It's like situational. It's it's not like overarching. Episodic is the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. And the formula is fairly consistent through through most of them. Like in the next in the next episode we watched, season one, episode four, they had uh, shark treatment, jungle bungle, and racetrack menace so you had shark treatment which dennis finds they're they're doing like a jaws movie type movie where there's a robotic shark in the water and dennis ends up falling into the shark's mouth and then controlling it and just going around talking to people and wreaking havoc throughout the beach with mr wilson drug behind like a water skier yeah and that was actually sort of funny yeah and then at the end it was just like dennis like pops out he's like yeah it was me didn't you recognize my voice and like that's everybody laughs and now, then, the next one has some funny stuff happen. I, I thought this is where... This is the one where I was like, Joey is touched. because Oh, yeah. So, jo- Joey and Dennis are in this theme park that's sort of a... It's like a safari adventure. It's like, called Safariland Jungle. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're familiar with the San Diego Zoo Wild Animal Park or the, the Disney Wild Animal Park... There used to be one here in Orange County called Lion Country Safari that was really famous yeah. where you would be in your car and you would drive through this this park and there'd be giraffes and lions and elephants and all these animals just walking around. Yeah, and that's what this this was supposed to be. It's like an in-car. You stay in your car and you drive through and it's like a safari. Yeah. And uh, and it turns out Dennis put soap into the engine. He put so soap th- in the gas tank. Soap in the gas tank, which destroys the car. And... Then they end up, uh, Joey ends up wandering out of the vehicle and Dennis trying to save him. Yeah. And at one point, they Dennis sort of gets adopted by an orangutan yeah. that thinks he's a baby. This I thought was actually really funny. And and the uh, orangutan like won't let Dennis go. So Dennis does this pretend cry. In that case... <laughs> And so there's like these sort of yeah. jokes like that. And Joy actually thought that was really funny. She's like, ha ha, I get you. I get you. Yeah. And and Dennis spends most of the episode chasing after Joey because Joey is like, is just haplessly falling into trouble. And Dennis is like, I don't, I don't get what, I don't get what Dennis gets out of their relationship. He's just constantly saving Joey from, from, from issues. From himself dying. Yeah. And, uh, and they finally get back to the car just in time for his dad to get back with the tow truck. And then they get taken. And one of the jokes is that the orangutan that, that grabbed Dennis was feeding him a bunch of bananas. And so I counted how many he ate seven bananas <laughs> in a row. I'm yes. full as hell. Yeah. Well, that. he was, he was like, I'm so full. Yeah. And then, uh, his dad for rewarding them for being good so and good, staying in the car, he yeah. said he was going to go take them to a place to get the biggest banana split in town or the best banana split in town. He's like, banana. Womp, 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 womp. I, I can't remember the last time I had a banana split, but that sounds so good right now. Maybe later. Yeah, my fat kid, my inner fat kid wants one real hard. So. Yeah, and then the last episode in this one is just is just uh, them just going to the race. Yeah, racetrack. them going to the racetrack. Dennis being allowed to do whatever he wants there because his dad knows the somebody somebody who yeah. owns a uh, a, horse. a horse, and so Dennis Dennis accidentally poisons one of the race. One well, of the jockeys. he's told he can order whatever he wants, and he brings the drink of the jockeys back to the kitchen, and he's like, I want more stuff in this. 
I'd like three raw eggs, malted milk, chocolate syrup, four scoops of ice cream, maybe some vegetables for vitamins, like some tomatoes and lettuce. My mom says those are good, and some whipped cream so it'll stick to his ribs. And some orange juice for vitamin C. And of course this poisons the uh, the, the jockey. jockey. Yeah. And this leads to a set of events where he ends up actually winning the race, but everybody thinks that he lost, and including his dad. So his dad rips his winning ticket in half and, and throws it away, and then he's all pissed off that he, he didn't win. And then the, the last episode of the, of good, the ones. good Ones was uh, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 3, and it was uh, Cheer Up, Ghost Blusters, and the life, the life You Save. So Cheer Up was... It starts off with Dennis uh, skateboarding. This one's messed Yeah, up. it starts off with Dennis skateboarding on uh, Mr. Wilson's porch. And then he gets called in for lunch. And he leaves the skateboard there. And Mr. Wilson comes out to read his paper. And he steps on the skateboard, flies down the street, and ends up breaking his arm and his leg. Dennis shows up to the hospital to help him out. And he ends up pushing Mr. Wilson around in a racing event with this elderly, elderly woman which, you know, jams him through doors and breaks his foot further. He ends up, like, really, like, legitimately injured. And it turns out Dennis also has chicken pox, so he gets put in the same bed, <laughs> yeah. or in the same room in a bed next to Mr. Wilson. And the the, the gag in the episode is that Dennis keeps using the, what he thinks is the TV remote, but it's actually the bed remote for Mr. Wilson. So the, squash bed, him the and... bed just destroys him left and right, and it happens twice in the episode. I will say the next one, Ghost Blusters, is cool because it's sort of a Scooby-Doo Yeah, episode. it is. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, where are the gold doubloons? We found gold doubloons in this old house, and it's robbers trying to get it. We would have gone away with it without you pesky kids. Yeah, it was actually Margaret. So what happens is Joey gets a balloon, or he gets a a kite. The kite gets blown away. It goes into a tree, and a very very Charlie Brown esque plot line right there. Yeah. So they go to this abandoned house. They go to like essentially like Boo Radley's house uh, up on the hill that's been abandoned, and to. Because it's in the tree right on the property, and Dennis thinks that he can get the tr- the, the the thing from the, the the kite from the tree if he goes through the window, and that's where they find this treasure chest that's full of gold. And they uh, there's all these ghosts, these two guys in ghost costumes, because that's exactly what they are, who are who are trying to scare the kids out of there, and they're scaring all the other kids because it's it's Joey and Gina and Margaret and Ruff too, along with Dennis, and they're all scared. And Dennis is like, he couldn't Dennis be bothered. Dennis is so derpy, he doesn't even notice. Yeah. yeah. And so Dennis decides that they want to, he wants to clean the place up and turn it into their clubhouse. So because they have more that's mad what you cat do. capers that's in, what the, you do. in the haunted you, house. Yeah, yeah, you move into an abandoned house and you have that be your... <laughs> With no parental supervision. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The house, yeah. the, the house up, up the lane. Old man such and such's no, house. You know, it's funny you say that because when I was a kid... My grandparents had a had a home next door that was abandoned for like not abandoned, but there was this house next door that that the people had moved out and nobody was in the house for like two years. And it sat vacant basically. And we climbed over the fence and Jerry rigged the back door open and we would go inside this essentially empty house and play tag and and slide down the banister and do all kinds of crazy stuff in this Smoke house. Weed. Feel, I was like nine. So play, not, play not, doctor. No, feel ways about stuff. Oh no, that was later. No, that, no I was like eight or nine years old. We do all like magic we, mushrooms. We like actually swung from chandeliers. Like the, I mean, the kind of stuff you see on TV. Like we actually did it. And then my grandparents one day looked out the window and saw us swinging from a chandelier. And then then we were in big trouble. But I sort of like 
I, I I understood Dennis's, hey, let's go into this abandoned house. Yeah. I do also like the last line of this episode where, where Mr. Wilson is like, but what about the gold doubloons? And the cop's like, oh, those are going to go to pay back taxes. Yeah. I thought that was, I was like, no what? explanation, but you're just like, okay. Yeah, sorry, the cops don't, the cops don't uh, regulate taxes. There. Can we just say that the last episode, or the, the, that we covered... Season two, episode eight is not good. It's not good. And I it's a very the thing the thing about it is I felt like I was sort of irritated that I wasted my time actually. Season two is animated very clearly animated by a different group of people. Yeah. And it's written by a different group of people and it shows in spades because you can immediately tell like the animation quality has dropped immensely. Yeah. It, it's sort of like it's sort and of the like the story even even more so. So all those zingers that I don't think we should talk about it that much. It's It's got a froggy day, Loch Ness mess, and box office smash. So one is saving some frogs. One is finding Loch Ness monster in Scotland. and With some it, of the worst Scottish accents I've ever some heard. Some of the worst, for real. And then another one is them uh, breaking into a movie theater. And literally destroying the whole movie theater. And stealing... Uh, stealing a film reel for the movie they wanted to see. I have to say that out of all the episodes that we watched, the last episode of the... The the last section of the last episode? Yeah, the box office smash was probably the most malicious that Dennis was in all the episodes that we watched, in all yeah. the segments. Because he's literally... He and Joey are literally going around this movie theater and they are wreaking havoc. They're destroying things. Punching holes through like a, like running through screens. They're 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 Yeah. And they're actively avoiding someone that's trying to kick them out of the movie theater. Yeah. And like, now, granted that guy was kind of an asshole. Yeah, he was, he was, he, but, but which is fine, but it's like one of those things where I think back to like Tom and Jerry, where Jerry in some of the episodes, you know, Jerry does something that gets Tom in trouble and then Tom goes and tries to like get rid of Jerry. Like there's some episodes where Tom's an asshole to Jerry and like you feel justified in Jerry like getting revenge on him. But then there are other episodes. It's more like more like Sylvester and and Tweety Bird where one of the characters just like agitates or or does something to irritate the other character. Or just does stuff to the other one. Does stuff to either Sylvester. Antagonizes and, them. Yeah, and antagonizes and like, them. Yeah, I, I don't... And then, yeah, are you supposed to feel bad for the people that were antagonizing the, the asshole? Like, you you caused the problem by being yeah. an asshole. And now I'm supposed to I'm supposed to either ch- cheer for you taking on the asshole or feel... Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's indicative of the poor writing. I mean, it's not hard to write Dennis the Menace. It's nine, they're nine-minute episodes, and it's a fairly simple formula, but they freaking weren't able to do it yeah i was reading that these episodes some of these episodes weren't released either until way later yeah well. and, it, and this is indicative of the time too where you had the first season that had like 70 odd episodes 65 six, 65, so 65 odd, episodes 65 odd episodes and then you have season two that had like 10 or 12 yeah. or 15 and then yeah and then, and then nothing it. because you do the one batch all together and you release you know you produce them all at the same time and then it's like, oh, the show was popular. Let's do season two. Ten episodes. Because it takes a long time for animation. Yeah. Well, those th- last 13 episodes were actually previously unreleased on DVD, too. Until 2016. Good. They were hot garbage. They were garbage. So, I would say, you know, I mean, at the end of it, would I recommend this show? I definitely recommend the first six five episodes. It's a yeah. fun show. It's it's a fun show. The but music I, like, is fun. It the is. stories are, are innocent enough. And it, it, it is sort of a time capsule, really, compared to the way that people raise their kids today. Yeah, it's more like, but, I liken it to the movie Goonies. Because 
most of the most of the action that takes place in Dennis the Menace takes place without adult supervision. The parents in are a just world that of, would never exist today yeah, because people don't let their kids explore. And it's sort of the same thing that happens in like the Goonies. The Goonies do a lot of the action of the movies or without parents or without any kind of supervision at all, and they just sort of run around and they're off on their own. And yeah, this and it's funny because I remember. We're, we're sort of that last generation that had this where you would disappear for most of the day and then come back home because you were out playing. You're you... like six and you'd be gone. Like yeah. I remember being seven, eight years old, uh, going several blocks away and then heading over to a drainage ditch in the sun. Well, because we're in Southern California, so it never rains. Yeah. But in the summertime, all the all the storm drains are all empty. So we go down to the, the, the large drainage, hop the fence, go down the large drainage ditch and crawl through the sewers, you know, and... You know, we'd, we'd play all sorts of games down by the railroad tracks and all this stuff you're definitely not supposed to do. Yeah, or like, you like, know, uh, there was a... Dig six foot deep holes in a park and roll down hills in, inside a oh, trash we can. We, and... uh, we used to do grass boarding. We, I remember we found a bunch of, like, uh, we, had a, we found a bunch of toy snowboards at a thrift store one day. We found, like, it was a whole bunch of them. Like, someone had dropped them all off. And you'd ride them down hills and, with and no we, supervision, no, no we, pads. Yeah, we went to we went to Craig Park, which was in Brea. Is in Brea. It's still there. And they have very steep hills in, in Craig Park. And we'd ride down or we'd do ice blocking or... Oh, yeah. Or, you know, just stuff like that. And, and you know, I don't... They'd have to change the, I think, formula of the show for it to work today if they were going to go remake it. Because I don't think kids would relate to just being gone. I mean, maybe they would actually. The only thing I can think of, the only way that they could get away with it. Well, and I think I think kids do relate to it because it's sort of like wish fulfillment. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I was thinking like. I think the way that they'd have to format it is, is though uh, mom and dad are busy entertaining a guest. Sort of the way that that Rugrats was always formulated in that the parents were busy doing something or somebody was supposed to watch them and did a poor job doing so. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of like, um, did you ever watch the show Phineas and Ferb? Yeah. Sort sort of like that. Like they're on summer vacation for like the entirety of the show. So they're on summer vacation. So they're sort of just out in their backyard doing stuff or they're, they're doing stuff in the front yard. So I feel like sneak under the fence or go do this. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like if it, if it, was if it was going to work if they were going to redo the show that it would have to be sort of that format where it's summertime that's why i mean because i know that i know that there was some instances of him being in school i think in the comics but not that i can remember in the show him ever being in school it was just him playing around with his friends so maybe the show could work if they took more of a phineas and ferb type type uh scenario because if you think about it like shows like spongebob is really the dennis the menace sort of like formula is you have a well-meaning but sort of accident prone or or hapless character yeah. who who ruins the life i've heard someone say that or i remember reading i don't know where it was but uh that spongebob could be renamed spongebob ruins his friends lives and it would be the same show because that's all he does true in in the entire show yeah. and patrick would be joey yeah and <laughs> he would be yeah yeah, Patrick would be Joey. Yeah, because he's touched as well. Yeah, but but the but the uh, but the overall like theme of the show is fairly similar, and maybe that's where they got the idea for SpongeBob and and stuff like Phineas and Ferb and and yeah. that where you have sort of mischievous, not well-meaning, hapless characters. Yeah, not necessarily nefarious, but you have mischievous, hapless characters that sort of 
do get whatever. Into hijinks. Yeah, they get into hijinks with their friends. Eleanor loves this show. My, really? my daughter loves this. Yeah, she loved it. So the, I showed her the first episode and I was like, we're going to watch the show. It's like, I don't want to watch it. It's like, no, you're going to watch it. I don't want to watch it, Dad. Okay, well, I'm putting it on anyway, so you can do nothing or you can watch it. Okay, I'll watch one episode. We watch the first episode. And she goes, Dad, can I watch another one? I was like, yeah, well, I have to watch the other ones for the show, so sure. <laughs> and we watched another one. She's like, can we do one more before we stop? I was like, yeah, we can do one more before we stop. So, like, she ended up watching all of these. It's it's definitely in in sort well because she's four, yeah. so she totally relates it follows, to this idea. This yeah. character is in her age range. Yeah, the more it, the more I think about it, the more and that it is sort of wish fulfillment for a, for a four or five year old. The idea that they get to be left alone and get into trouble and all of this stuff, and it's funny and yeah. The one know. thing I don't know is if the show, if the if the cartoon that we watch takes place in the eight, if it's supposed to take place in the eighties or it's supposed to take place in the fifties. I think it takes place. Uh, in a sort of non-descript time. Yeah, because the the, the 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 comic strip was done in the 50s, and the TV show, the live-action TV show, which also was in the 50s, was definitely 1953, taking place. Yeah, I think, it was definitely so. taking place in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, because there were elements that didn't really translate to the cartoon, like Dennis's obsession with cowboys. That was more of the TV show, the live action TV show, because that uh, big, big stuff at that time, Cowboys and Indians in the yeah. 1950s, that was a big thing. Yeah. Just like when we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about Gumby with uh, Cowboys and Indians. Oh yeah. So yeah, with the blockheads and the, in the one where they go into the cowboy book and the yeah. Indian book and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, that was much more thing of the fifties and that's probably why they left it out. So yeah, it's more of a nondescript time period, but, but, uh, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think, man, maybe this could work if they if they revamped it and they and they did something else. I mean, maybe that would make more sense, you know, in a modern time, especially having a stay at home mom not like not maybe, supervising. Like, maybe mom the, goes to work and and they get left home with a nanny. No, that's what I mean. So, so or they get dropped off at a daycare. That's what I mean. Uh, it makes, run by Mister uh, by Mrs. Wilson, and Mister Wilson is retired, and so that's where the trouble comes in. That's why they're always over at his house, right? Yeah, but it, like I was saying, it makes less sense in the original context of you have a stay-at-home mom in in his you know his his mom Dennis's yeah. mom who doesn't supervise them ever. It's just like okay, bye. Most most families are are dual income earner homes now. Yeah, so it would make more families sense. families can't afford to have one person working for the most part. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it's like here in Southern California, in order to afford a mortgage, you have to have one person earning at least $165,000 a year or more or more most definitely more yeah. or two people at least making 80. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I don't think it's as realistic to think that Dennis's mom would stay home. And it would make more sense for him to get into hijinks if he was literally being either watched by a nanny or if the parents were both at work. Right. He would essentially be a latchkey kid. Right, and it would be easier for him to get, to get into into trouble. I think yeah. this is definitely a, a a this is definitely a property that is being underutilized. Oh yeah, hundred percent being underutilized because there's no cartoons, no toys, no merchandise out for a character that was wildly popular in the nineteen fifties has 
really uh, good relatability to young kids today. Yeah. And he, and the kid is, he's sort of like a hapless, friendly, whatever. So at, at the end of the day... There's no negatives, really. Yeah, there's really no negatives. So one, you get to show this kid gets into trouble and whatever, and that he means well. So the kids like get that, okay, you know, sometimes you get into trouble and maybe by, you, by trying to do something and meaning well. Maybe maybe get, add a, a lesson into yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you could... Because you got to have a lesson now. So. Maybe you could maybe you could reintroduce like the discipline part of it, but not be like beat him and sit him in the corner type thing. Maybe you could reintroduce like, yeah, like you said, lessons where he gets scolded for something or he gets in trouble for something and he has to learn that lesson. Cause you don't really see that ever in this show. Dennis learning a lesson. It's just like, he keeps on going. And that's, yeah, that's he's, it. it's like a sort of goldfish, uh, memory. Yeah. Goldfish morality. Yeah. Really. One, one thing that I remember reading, I think it was in the notes. I'm pretty sure it was in the notes, but I, I remembered it jogged my memory is that Dennis was the, was the official mascot of Dairy Queen up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember that. Yeah. I remember him on the, he was on the, all the, all the artwork for the store in the, on the cups and on the, on the, uh, the, like the menus and stuff. Well, I think it's sort of the idea of the blizzard, right? Like you're mixing yeah. up and making a big mess. And, and so he was a sort of good fit for that. I also remember rough the dog, mm-hmm. but it was this animated version that was, yes, that was it the, was. it wasn't yeah. the, uh, it wasn't the comic book version, which also, if you look at the old comics, it's sort of like the old uh, Charlie Brown comics. If you, the original Charlie Brown comics shows Charlie being much Charlie Brown and the, and the, and the, wow, you never call Charlie Brown, just Charlie, do you? It's like, it's Lucy, it's Linus Schroeder, but it's Charlie Brown. Yeah. You don't call him just Charlie. Anyway. uh, I mean, here's the thing is it it is similar. Like looking at the artwork, it's similar. It's different, but it's similar. It starts as them being much younger. In, in yeah. both comics, they're much younger looking kids. But then as it got as it got older and as their an, as animated things came in, they like aged the kids up to be yeah. more like 10 years old rather than five when they started. Like he looks five in the original artwork, but he doesn't look five in the cartoon. He yeah. He's definitely not five in the live action TV show. He's like 10 or 11. Yeah, I don't... I... So if they aged him up, if they aged him up or they just kept his, if they made his age officially like 10 or 11, it'd be perfect. He'd be right in that age range for all those like Disney XD shows or, or the Nickelodeon shows that to, to relate to kids today. But ultimately like, yeah, go, you know, watch it. It's a weird time capsule of the eighties and uh, it, it's entertaining at least in part. Just watch season one. Don't watch season two. You'll have mostly season one to watch anyway. Yeah, there's 65 episodes, and they're fun, and they're great for kids if you have kids. And if you don't, and you just want to... it's You know what I would actually say is watching these six, those 65 episodes would sort of be akin to sitting and, and reading the Sunday comic strip. Yeah, it would Because be. it really does feel like, especially looking at the at the comic strip itself, it definitely just feels like, like you're watching an uh, animated version of the comic strip. Yeah, it does. So I would, I would recommend it. And again, I... I if somebody out there in podcast land is listening who has any sway, bring this property back. I think it would definitely be a fun property to bring back. Yeah, and 100%. it's really it, it, you'd have a lot of source material. I mean, you've got what sixty years worth of seventy years almost worth still, of source material. They're still making new. That's ones. what I mean. There's you still have source material to pull. So I don't know. That that'll do it for this week. I think. Yeah, so uh, if you want to talk to us about this or any other episode, you can uh, find all of our social media links on our website, childhoodremastered.com. We have Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. Um, you can email us. We have a phone number on there. Just let us know what you think, whether you like it, you hate it. Um, if you uh, haven't already, please rate us five stars on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get and consume share your podcast. Us with, share us with the people you know. Uh, we this is uh, we're starting to get into spring and summer, so this is when our our numbers really sort of climb and get a lot more listener uh, interaction, and it it can sometimes get a little busy for us, but we like it. So you know, the more people who listen, the better. We'll definitely take in more uh, more flush bros. Out there. Yeah, if you want to, yeah. if you want to suggest a show to cover, we're in the middle of doing a uh, sort of user, long run of user requests. Yeah, we're just. Gonna I'm just sit, gonna go with it. Just now. go with it. It's a we're in the middle of a user request marathon. So <laughs> so if you have a if you have a request and it's something that piques our interest or my interest or Chris's interest. We might throw it to the front of the line. Who I knows? would also well, that's what we did with this one. Is we've got a bunch of other stuff that's in request, but I just really wanted to do this one, and so I was really happy to do it. So yeah. thanks again for the request. If you're going to do a request of a TV show and you have specific episodes, let us know what those episodes Absolutely. are. We would definitely like to watch the episode in particular that you'd like us to cover. Otherwise, we're going to do what we did today. So yeah. top and bottom. Yeah. So if you uh, if you haven't already checked out, we are part of a pro, uh, podcast network called ACPN. They, you, the website is acpnet.net. There's a bunch of great shows on there. Uh, similar, some similar uh, content talking about old movies or, or nostalgia stuff. content, television, yeah. entertainment, mostly entertainment related. Yeah. So. so you can check them out, acpnet.net. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think that'll do it this week. Yeah, uh, this was this was a fun fun jaunt. Uh, yes. That I you know really hadn't thought about in a lot long time. So uh, yeah, I guess. Until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time.